T.J. Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. For those that enjoyed the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the Lawnmower 4.0. The leader in male grooming is taking it to the next level. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. Go to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off on the Lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's Manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we have a special guest with us. Uh, he is a stranger to absolutely nobody because he is the hardest working man in Saints news. You can catch him on Locked On Saints and also with the Saints Wire. I'm talking about my guy, Mr. Ross jackson rose how you doing man what's up brother glad to be here with you man thanks so much for having me on oh man thank you so much man like i said you're the hardest working man in, in saints talk and uh, hey i'm just trying to saints keep up too. with you homie that's all <laughs> <laughs> but man hey all seriousness thank you so much for being here man thank you so much as a matter of fact i know you have to get prepared because the saints have their uh home or uh, have a home game tonight their third preseason game versus the los angeles Chargers. you have to get prepared for but Let's go ahead and talk about that preseason game. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is a do or die for a lot of guys that are on a bubble. Um, there's some guys that's going to get some opportunities probably elsewhere. Um, you want to make sure that you're putting your best stuff on tape. But uh, your overall evaluation, looking at training camp, and uh, also just looking at some of these guys' preseason performances, uh, what guy do you feel? Um, let's just go ahead and get it out there. You feel like this is a do or die situation for uh, if you can put your finger on just uh, a few players. Yeah, um, I'll start with the guy that's local to Louisiana, the Destrehan native, Kirk Merritt. He's definitely one of those guys. I mean, the, the Saints have, have either been trying to find ways to keep him on the roster with them moving him from wide receiver to running back and giving him some run there, or they're trying to make sure that they're hiding what he's doing somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, they're, <laughs> he's like, oh, don't, don't let anybody else see what he does at wide receiver. Play him at running back for a couple of days. Uh, but whatever it is, I mean, you know, clearly there's a lot of love for uh, – for him and what it is that he's able to bring. And so you think about like that Ty Montgomery role that the saints have had over the course of the past couple of years and Kirk Merritt fits very well into that same mold. So he might be a guy that either takes up a wide receiver spot 
on the roster or takes up a running back spot, but because of his wide receiver versatility means that the Saints can keep one less wide receiver. It doesn't push them into the conversation of six wide receivers, allows them to stay within the conversation of five, which is where they usually are. So I think Kirk Merritt's a a, a big part of that. I'm really interested to see about Rashid Shahid, the undrafted free agent rookie out of Weber State, who's an electrifying returner. Uh, he's got all the records over at Weber State up in Utah. And so I'm curious. We haven't really seen him at all. Not really seen him. We haven't seen him at all throughout um, the preseason so far. We've seen him a lot during camp and everything. But it would be interesting to see if maybe he gets a little bit of run. And then another guy that I would keep an eye on over on the defensive side is uh, Nephi Sewell, the Mm -hmm. undrafted free agent uh, linebacker out of Utah. He's been getting some first-team snaps in practice over the course of the past week. Some will tell you that doesn't matter. Some will tell you that it matters very much. Just kind of depends upon who you ask. So right. your real barometer is what does he do in game action at game speed? And right now you're dealing with some injuries at linebacker. Chase Hansen and Pete Werner, though they were present on Wednesday to wrap up training camp, they did not participate. So very unlikely that you're going to see any action from them tonight. So a guy like Nephi Sewell, number 45, is probably going to get a little bit of run uh, this evening. And that could potentially put him in a position to where if the Saints are looking, you know, still trying to figure out who that sixth linebacker is behind a couple of veteran guys like Eric Wilson and let's say John Bostick as well. He could potentially play himself onto the roster as well, or at least into a practice squad position or maybe a roster somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned uh, Rasheed Shaheed, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, he has all those records at Weber State, hasn't played any preseason games. Uh, Do you look at that as as a good thing or a bad thing? And also, uh, what is your overall like opinion of uh, Shaheed? Because, I mean, we as uh, onlookers have not had opportunity to look, uh, see what he can possibly do on a professional level. Great point. Great point. Yeah, I think that. So, okay, I'll, I'll give you my conspiracy theory first. Um, I think Rashid Shahid's going to be one of those guys that ends up going to injured reserve with like a hangnail, you know, he's, he's, he's going to, he's going to have, he's going to wake up with a cramp one morning. They're going to be like, I are, you're, you're <laughs> and, a, and a kind of red shirt him for a year. I, I could really right. see them doing that or just keep him on the practice squad for a year. You know what I mean? And give him one mm-hmm. of those future reserve deals at the end of the year. But yeah. with, with Deontay Hardy being in a contract year on that uh, restricted free agent tender, the last time that we heard about his contract negotiations, because he does want a long-term deal, the last time that we heard about it was months ago before camp right. started. And all we heard was from Nick Underhill over at New Orleans South Football that they weren't close. <laughs> right. So no reason to believe that no news is good news uh, in that area. So if you end up without Deontay Hardy next year or you know you can't get a long-term deal done or whatever that is, then a guy like Rashid Shaheed all of a sudden becomes valuable to you big time because of his return ability. Football fans. Join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmaker Football, the first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFLPA. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmaker is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player cards, NFT, of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more. Just like daily fantasy football, build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmaker football contests all season long to compete for millions in prizes. The next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up with promo code TPPN. 
click the Rainmaker tile and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play the, for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmaker Football. That promo, once again, is TPPN. Build, play, win. Only at DraftKings. Contest entry depends on the type of number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. So I, I would see it that way. Now, what I've seen from him in camp is a guy that's got really good vision, really good hands in, in, in the return game. He's also shown a couple of things in terms of his ability to be able to attack downfield uh, when he's playing out at wide receiver. We haven't seen him come up with one of those catches yet. Uh, a couple of times where they were overthrown, things like right. that. He tends to work with the Ian Books and Andy Dalton's as opposed to Jameis Winston's, who's a little bit more accurate downfield. Right. So with that being the case, you know some of those things don't necessarily connect. But you see him win. Right. You see him win. You see him beat safeties over the top. You see him do that. But I think that his the thing that stands out the most from him is the the few and far between times that he gets to take a full, not really full, but, you know, a, a real kick return rep or a real punt return rep, which, of course, is non-contact. That's why getting to see him in preseason is a big thing. So what really stands out about him is his vision and his ability to be able to quickly um, kind of identify and hit holes as they're developing with that special teams unit. We just have to see what happens when it's in full game speed and when guys are actually trying to hit them, right? So that's why seeing him in preseason would be nice, but we'll see what happens. Maybe it's not until next preseason that we get a look at him in a Saints uniform. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. You know, you want to kind of keep a guy under wraps. Uh, I, I feel like it's the same way. If you think back, I want to say maybe 20, I want to say about 2018 or 2019, but it was the, it was the five games that uh, Drew Brees missed. You know, mm-hmm, with the right. thumb injury, and you had Teddy Bridgewater kind of stashed away, and then all of a sudden he goes five and zero, oh, and he right. plays his way out of New Orleans, you know, and get that contract with Carolina. So you definitely don't want to have a situation like you know somebody's watching this guy return kicks and, and flipping field. They're like, oh wait yeah. a minute, now let's, hold, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, I mean, like you know, like I mean, you know, the unfortunate circumstance around Jakeem Grant earlier this season. Like there are teams that are in need of that special teams player, right? And we also right. know that Deontay Hardy has dealt with injury mm-hmm. over the course of the past few seasons. So that's why right. maybe one of the things about like maybe him catching the hangnail and going on IR. Uh, is a little much, but but if you get him on the practice squad, then all of a sudden you end up with an opportunity there to where if you do have an injury to Deontay Hardy, you have a guy that you can immediately elevate and put in that role. Although oh, yeah. Kirk Merritt showed you in the preseason game last week against the Packers that he could do it for you too. Exactly. Uh, I like Kirk Merritt a lot. You know, he does remind me a lot of Ty Montgomery, you know, mm-hmm. as far as his sky, uh, size. And yep. it seems like the Saints want to use him in that way. And it's a, you mentioned it, it's a good thing. You know, if if a team is trying to find ways they can they can use you in a different capacity, it's telling it's telling you that they want to keep you around. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that's a good thing for him. But but let's go ahead and talk a, a little bit about quarterback Jameis Winston. Um, on August mm-hmm. eight, uh, he ended up uh, having an injury to his foot. Uh, he hasn't uh, played in any preseason games. He missed a, a few days of practice. He practiced a little bit when you all were out there um, in Green Bay, but he has not had any playing time. I gotta ask you, Rose. I, I hear a lot of prognosticators talking about the importance of preseason. You see Andy Reid, he using all his stuff to patch my homes out there. <laughs> and, and your humble opinion, is pre, does preseason really matter for a quarterback? And do you feel like if Jameis Winston was to play tonight, uh, would, it be, would it be beneficial uh, to him playing and starting in week one versus the Falcons? 
So I kind of have two different viewpoints on this, depending on if the player is coming off of injury or if they're fully healthy. So if a player is coming off of injury, I do think that there's value in them getting at least a series in a game. And I think a part of that is being able to see how does that, how does that player operate at game speed? Mm. How does that player respond to being hit? That's a big part of it. Not that we want to see Jameis Winston get hit, but you know, he's going to run, you know, he's going to take his, you know, he's going to take his shots when they're there and stuff. So, you know, you want to see those things because, going into the regular season, if that player doesn't look fully right, if that player can't take the hit, if that player comes to you and says, I'm not ready or, or whatever it might be, or your, you know, trainers are saying, Hey, he ain't ready. You know, then you have two weeks to get ready for the regular season with the other guy. Right. right. And I don't just mean at quarterback. I mean, that could be at wide receiver. That could be at linebacker. It can be whatever. Right? right. But if you have a guy that's coming off of injury, I do think that there's value in at least getting a series in the final preseason game, second preseason game. I don't really care when it is, right. but I do think that there is, some value in that but if you have guys that you know or or if a guy's new to the system right like i'd love to see tyron matthew and marcus may tonight just because they're new to the system and we haven't seen them together and you know considering the position that they play communication is really important so you have to understand the system you have to understand the scheme all that but if i didn't see marshall Lattimore hit the field i'm cool you know what i mean so i think it just kind of depends upon the situation each player kind of has their own uniqueness around the preseason Uh, Mm -hmm. but i do hope that we get an opportunity to see Jameis tonight and I can tell you that Jameis uh wants to be out there at least that's what he told us on Wednesday yeah I I believe him I think he wants to play Mm -hmm. I think he loves football I mean you could tell um just like just in his interviews the enthusiasm he has talking about the game he he loves everything about it I mean to me Ross it would be good to see him out there don't get me wrong and you you have some very valid points but then I look at you have guys out here Let's just be real. They're not going to be in the NFL next week. I mean, these guys are going to be probably, you know, getting an opportunity at the XFL, USFL, what have you. And you got a lot of desperate players out there that are trying to make a play in Ugh. order for them to try to stay on the roster. Yeah. And, and these guys can be a little bit reckless. I mean, we see the situation that happened with, uh, with Thibodeau out there in New York. I mean, it, I mean, with Thaddeus Moss. So that, that's a little bit concerning to me. You know, yep, if this was like the second preseason game, then I can kind of understand it. You have a few starters out there that's trying to play. But this is like a do-or-die situation, and these guys are going to really try to step it up. They're going to try to be, you know, I mean, I think they're going to be as reckless as they possibly can, just try to put something on tape to be like, wow. So that's my, that's my biggest concern with Jameis Winston. Like, if Jameis Winston was to go into week one, and I'm knocking on wood when I say this, uh, but if he was to go into week one and he was to get injured, it would it would make more sense versus like let's just say he goes out there and something was to happen today. Then you, I mean, everybody what did you would risk be like, for? man, what is going on here? Yeah. So right. that, that's that's my that's my biggest concern with that, uh, Ross. I mean, those guys out there that are just trying to make the team and doing everything they can to make that happen. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like if it's my choice, Jameis Winston doesn't step out on the field until September 11th. Like I'll see you in Atlanta. Like don't even show up for practice. Like legitimately I'll see you in Atlanta. Like don't even show up anymore. But you know, I I do think that there's a real possibility and based upon, you know, me trying to think like the organization and me sort of seeing that it's going to be hard to keep Jameis Winston off of a football field at any time. Right. Like it's probably been hard to keep him off the football field already throughout preseason. Uh, That's a big thing. So your hope fingers crossed is that if he does get out there, for maybe let's say that first series tonight that it's against starters, right? That it's with starters and against starters so that you don't have those sort of like reckless abandon concern. That's a very valid one because this is last ditch effort for a lot of these guys. You're right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like I said, I I love, I would love to see him. Um, 
I know he wants to play, but I think you have to be smart about this situation. You have to kind of. I might, I might put Andy Dalton out there for like one play. See, see, see with the see who's out there on defense, and then be like, no, okay, you can go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I just don't know. I don't know what you can possibly see in Jameis Winston and for one series. I I get what you're saying about the hits, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, wow, man, like, what what happened if this, you know, he hits get hit by a guy that's on a bubble or something like that? I mean, that would be that would be absolutely tragic if that was to happen. Yeah, but most important player on the field right there. Absolutely. But let's go ahead and we're going to move forward. Let's talk a, a little bit more about the defense, the, the defensive line. Um, you got guys out there, you know, that, that are on the bubble, but you also have uh, guys that are kind of stepping up. And one person, like, in particular that I, I've really been paying attention to in preseason uh, is Malcolm Roach on the, in the interior. I mean, it seems like he's – the light is really coming on for him. seems like he's really out there. He's making plays. Now, I don't expect for him to be a starter, of course, but I do feel like he can be in that rotation. But is there anybody like on an, in the interior as well as the defensive uh, ends that you've seen uh, that you feel like would make an a impact this season uh, and being a part of a 53-man roster? Yeah, I think Malcolm Roach is a great selection there. He like The, the, the switch kind of flipped for him during the first preseason game, it felt like, and then he looked great during the joint practices in Green Bay. He had the roughing the passer call against, yeah. the Green, against Green Bay in the preseason, yeah. which he kind of accepts responsibility for. He was like, it was, you know, a, 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 a kind of like numbskull play or whatever it was that he said that he called it. But I don't know. It felt a little, that felt a little ticky tacky to me, but, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I'm not out there throwing flags. I'm not out there on the field. So, but you know, I I think he's an obvious, uh, he's not obvious. I think he's a really good um, selection for that. I think another one is Contavious street uh, who just changed his number to 91. Uh, So he looks like Jaleel Johnson right now, but, but that's Contavious street. Uh, He, I, I thought that he's, he's flashed a couple of times. I mean, he's been very nice in the run game. His athletic style of play is really unique for the defensive interior for the new Orleans saints. And so I think that's something that maybe helps him pop off the screen a little bit. Yeah. Uh, So he's a big part of that. I think you get a guy like Albert Huggins as a nose tackle, you know, kind of the guy that, um, uh, Cam Jordan was like celebrating on on Wednesday or the position that Cam Jordan was celebrating on Wednesday as the unheralded, you know, part of the uh, the defensive line, because if that yeah. nose tackle is right over the center and gets a push yeah. in the middle then the quarterback can't step up. So that right. gives the edges opportunities to get around, you know, on their bend. And so I think that, you know, those guys are ones that absolutely stand out. And I think when it comes to defensive end, Peyton Turner's looked really good over the course of this camp. And I think the Saints need that to be the case, right? This is a first round selection that A, a lot of people question, but also B, it's just simply a first round selection that you invested in. So you want right. your first round picks to pan out, just period, right? Yeah. And so, you know, Peyton Turner, who's had a really solid camp so far, both in the run game and in the uh, and in pass rush, yeah. has been, you know, a lot of fun to watch. And that freakish sort of athleticism that people you know like to talk about is obviously very present with them we finally got to see him and marcus davenport on the field at the same time over the course of the past couple of practices right so that's all coming together for the saints too on the edge yeah i mean i'm looking forward to seeing what these guys can do especially peyton turner you yeah know, I, I mean it is when he was injured last season rose it was like nobody really paid that much attention to it you know i mean mm-hmm. You, you you think about all the players that were injured. Of course, Michael Thomas came up. Jameis Winston came up. But Peyton Turner like, was one of those names that nobody really mentioned. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to have a level of excitement to see what he can actually do on the field. Once again, you, like you said, he's a first-round draft pick. And uh, people expect for him to go out there and make an impact. I mean, he, he played pretty well in the game versus Carolina. He had a sack. He had a 
tackle for loss. So mm-hmm. I mean that that's that's a plus. So definitely looking forward to seeing him along with the other members of the defensive line make sure that they can get some pressure on uh, the Atlanta Falcons coming up uh, week one. Uh, but let's talk about wide receivers. Uh, I mean, it, it's been a talk of training camp the all season. Saints fans are excited about the new additions, Jarvis Landry, first round draft pick, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Thomas has been back. Uh, you all have been talking about how he looks like Michael Thomas of old. Uh, he had that really good, uh, <laughs> with a seven on seven when he had like yeah. four touchdowns on four receptions. <laughs> I channeled his inner Randy Moss back in the day. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he has been dealing with a hamstring. And, of course, anytime Michael Thomas gets injured, you know, it's a big concern by Saints fans. But in your overall opinion, uh, what are your thoughts on Michael Thomas? And do you feel like he'll be ready for week one versus the Falcons? Yeah, I mean, so far there's not been anything that signals that he won't be um i think that the you know there's a chance that the hamstring injury is look it it can go either way right the hamstring injury can be worse than we know worse than we expect it could also simply be overly and understandably cautious of the new orleans saints to kind of keep him on ice for the you know for that week i mean we saw 15 players out at one point over the course of camp and then all of a sudden 12 of them just show back up one day i mean that doesn't happen by coincidence right like that feels like a plan of some sort And we have to remember too that matt rea the new uh director of sports science he has a really specific way and it took a couple of years for alabama to buy in to what Ray was doing, because a lot of what he was doing was considered avant-garde. Now, it's not like he's he's back there experimenting on people or anything like that. But, right. I mean, you know, if you go up to it, like, imagine being a director of sports science, walking up to a head coach and saying, hey, I need these 15 players to not practice today. <laughs> like, 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 if that's part of the program, then you have to, the organization has to buy into that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, I wonder how much of it is connected to, you know, caution and 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 stuff like that and so i I think that you know as of right now there's nothing going on that really seems to identify any type of certainty in terms of hey michael thomas is not going to be ready for week one so far everything that we've heard is that he will be now we haven't heard that since the hamstring so like i said this can go either way but when it comes down to what we've seen from michael thomas so far i think that saying that we see the michael thomas of old is absolutely right and that's exactly what we've seen from him I don't want to say that we've seen 2019 Michael Thomas because you don't want 2019 Michael Thomas, if you're being honest, right? You've got Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave. Now a guy doesn't need to catch 149 passes. You just don't need that anymore. And so, but I do think you are getting 2016, 2017, 2018 Michael Thomas, right? That rookie Michael Thomas that came in and had nine touchdowns off the bat, 92 catches on the season. And it came back and became the first player in New Orleans Saints franchise history to catch over a hundred passes in a season. And he did it three years in a row. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the guy that you're seeing and look, he's cutting violently. He's clearly not the, the idea of injury. Uh, Jameis actually said this, uh, said this on Wednesday that like, he doesn't think about injury at all, which is a good part, right? The mental part of recovery is a big thing. I, I, I messed up my ankle during the uh, flag football game, during the media flag football game. Mm -hmm. And I haven't stopped thinking about it since Sunday. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the mental part of being hurt is a whole other level than the actual physical part. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not to compare what I'm going through with what Michael Thomas is going through because it ain't the same. But, <laughs> you know, but I am mentally weak, whereas Michael Thomas is mentally much stronger in terms of like injury and, and, and things like that. And so I, I think that, you know, what you've seen so far from Michael Thomas is a guy that's comfortable and ready to be out on the field. Yeah, I, I, I do have a final question for you before I let you go. Um, yeah. 
I, I, speaking of flag football, you got some explaining to do, Ross. Uh, <laughs> I, I seen the video of you out there, and uh, you know there was <laughs> a guy asked, "What do you have to do in order for you to uh, generate this comeback?" You say, "Pass me the ball." Now hey, you got to uh, give me the ball. Um, Ross Jackson, diva receiver. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You thought you think I was gonna go out there? Like, the, let me tell you, the second that I got out there, that the folks on my team were like, "All right, wide receiver, go, go, go out there." And so I was like, "Okay, like that's what I wanted to do." First of all, that's what I played when I was younger, anyway. And everything's so like that's exactly what I wanted to do. And so I was like, "Okay, well, if if everyone sees me as a wide receiver, I'm about to be a wide receiver then." And then like I was just like, "I want the ball, I want right. the ball now." Now, I didn't have a single catch during that flag football game. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit it. I did not have a single catch during that flag football game. The only catch that I had was when Maddie almost fell backwards on her head, and I caught her. So that was my one catch. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, man, I would love to have seen that in person. But I, I uh, knew you all had fun. I knew it was exciting. I knew it was like an annual event, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with the media getting together, having that flag football game. But we definitely uh, want to uh, see some records being broken by Ross Ro- Jackson. Most catches in the first three seasons. Coming back, of- <laughs> Coming back next year. All right. Exactly. I'm, about to, I'm about to hit that OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Justin Jefferson exactly. level of, of receiver production in the media flag football games. That's uh, what I'm uh, coming for. <laughs> hey, man. Absolutely, man. But Ross, uh, thank you so much uh, for taking a little time with us, man. Talking a little bit of Saints football. Uh, looking forward to... Uh, Interesting game tonight. I'm, I'm more, uh, I'm more looking forward to guys being healthy and, yes. and you know, going into week one uh, against the Falcons uh, at 100. percent But Ross, before you go, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, look, man, always a pleasure. You know, you call, I'm here, so I appreciate you so much, Thank and you, for man. the flexibility with everything too, because I know my oh, schedule's no. insane <laughs> right now. Uh, but if anybody's interested in continuing to follow on with the work that I've got going on, you can find all of it. Uh, the written work is over at Saints Wire, which is by USA Today, SaintsWire.usatoday.com. You can also find weekly written pieces over at CrescentCitySports.com, and then of course the Locked On Saints podcast. Just search Locked On Saints wherever you get your podcast, and on YouTube. And of course, you can find all of it together in one place. The easiest way to do it is to just follow me on Twitter at ross jackson nola n-o-l-a yeah you de- you definitely want to follow ross jackson for all your up-to-date saints news i i am not i am not making any mistake when i say this okay he is the hardest working man in saints news i'm telling <laughs> you if if you want saints news if you want wall-to-wall coverage ross jackson is the guy ross thank you so much for your time man and uh you know looking forward to locked on saints and everything you have coming up this 2022 season absolutely brother here i'm gonna hit you with one of these Yes, sir. Say thank you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you take care, man. You too, brother. All right. Yeah, that was Ross Jackson, man. Shouts out to the brother. Um, doing some real big things, working extremely hard, uh, giving great co- coverage of the New Orleans Saints. And um, uh, you know, he was uh very gracious with his time, man. You know, he had some, you know, some things he had to do, uh, getting ready to prepare for uh the third preseason game, but he stopped by. So I really do appreciate that. And thank y'all for being here. Uh, the show is not over. Um, I'm going to be answering some of your questions. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Saints uh, prediction, what we expect from this week three preseason game. Uh, number one, I-, I mentioned it when Ross just left. I'm looking for health. OK, I just want the guys to be healthy. I want these guys to be, uh, you know, going into this season at 100 uh, percent. I don't want to see. Uh, guys like Cameron Jordan, I'm going to be honest, Demario Davis. I don't want to see those usual suspects. I feel like these guys are seasoned veterans. They're pros. They're going to be prepared. They're going to be ready. Um, <clears throat> I think that they're going to be 
exactly what we need them to be going into week one. Uh, I do agree with what he said about uh, Marcus May and Tyron Matthews. They may need some reps. This is a game you might even want to see Jarvis Landry for a series or two, you know, to be able to get uh, him acclimated. He's learning the playbook. I don't expect to see someone like Michael Thomas out there. There's, there's really no point. Um, this is a game that a lot of guys have an opportunity not to just make the New Orleans Saints team, but make a team around the league. Um, the, the Saints aren't the only team that are going to be watching this game. You have 31 other teams that are going to be interested in what these guys do on the field. I'm interested to see a guy like Abram Smith. What is he going to do? Uh, he played pretty decent the first game uh, versus the Texans. He fumbled at the goal line, of course. He was okay in the game versus the Packers, but I think he needs to follow it up with a really good uh, campaign. I think that he needs to really follow it up. I don't think that he's going to be a part of the starting rotation. Of course, I don't think he's going to be on the final 53, but get an opportunity to maybe be on the practice squad and maybe develop into what the Saints want him to be uh, and maybe come in if something was to happen later on in the season. Uh, another person, uh, I want to see John Bostic once again. Well, John Bostic had six tackles. He led the team last week in tackles. Uh, he was all over the field. He had a fumble recovery, if I'm not mistaken, a uh, fourth fumble. I think he had a fumble recovery, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he was all over the field. He's a seasoned veteran. Uh, he understands defenses. He understands where he needs to be. The game isn't, uh, you know, too fast for him. He, he stuck his head right in and made plays. Uh, Nephi Sewell is another guy uh, the Saints have given first team reps to. They're giving these guys every opportunity to make this team. They're making sure that they get them out there to see what these dudes are going to do. Uh, I like how the Saints are approaching this. Uh, they're not just trying to, you know, slowly try to ingratiate these guys into the to the lineup. They're trying to make sure that they see what they have and see the promise uh, that they have also. Also, I would love to see uh, Trevor Pennon in this game for a couple of series. I want to see uh, his development on week one versus the Texans. Not so good. Second week, he really improved. Uh, let's see what he can do for the third week, especially uh, since we have not heard anything or heard much about James Hurst. We haven't heard about James Hurst and what he can possibly do uh, as far as uh, the injury is concerned. Is he going to be available for week one? So if he's not, uh, you might be relying on a rookie. We never know. So he has to be ready. But those are some of the things that I'm looking forward to in this game. Of course, there's some some fans out there, I'm pretty sure, that are watching, probably going to be headed over to the Dome, excited to see some Saints football uh, in the Caesar Superdome. Uh, regardless to it being preseason or not, the fact that you're in the Dome Watching the black and gold take the field is always a great experience and is always great to see. So uh, those are the things that I'm looking for. Uh, feel free to comment and, and put your uh, comments in the in the chat to let me know what you all are looking for or any questions that you have. I also ask that you hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button if you like the State of the Saints podcast, if you like the content, if you like everything that we're doing over here, uh, make sure that you hit the subscribe button. And you got 155 people watching this right now. I, I only thing I ask is that you hit the like button as well. So if you're if you're new to the channel, go ahead and subscribe. We're on a mission to get 10,000 subscribers, and we're almost there. And I need your help if you have not subscribed already. So please go ahead and hit that subscription button and that like button. Okay. Uh, Hoodie Jew, thank you very much for the 499. Says Ross going to catch it and be so hyped like the moment Kevin White caught the ball. He better hit that gritty after. <laughs> I, I had to mess with him, man, because I seen that video and the guy was like, 
what what do we have to do to make a comeback? You said throw me the ball. I said, man, diva receiver, ain't we? <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, Ross is a, is a great guy, man, and like incredibly talented uh media uh personality writer. The guy works extremely hard, and it, it's so easy to root for a guy like that and and be happy for all the success that he has, man. So shouts out to him. I'm gonna roll up to the top. Uh, I'm gonna go a little bit to the top because I'm pretty sure some people had uh, some things to say. So I will start with Marlon says, oh, this is dope. Two of the best Saints podcasts. Yeah, man, I appreciate that, man. I, I, I thank you for that. Uh, he says, I'm sick to my stomach. The media defending Aaron Donald actions in the joint practice with the Bengals. Yeah, we know if it was somebody like, you know, for the Saints, we know that he needs to be thrown out. He needs to be thrown out. Okay. But when Aaron Donald do it, he passionate. I, I don't know. Uh, he can always play special teams. <laughs> Uh, that's that's what do said to me one time <laughs> uh, i see the saints using merit in a similar role the 49ers use debo yeah that's interesting <clears throat> even though i don't think kirk merit is the size in the build of a debo Samuel. i mean debo Samuels to me reminds me a lot of anquan Bowden, you know or even cordell patterson you know those guys kind of got the big build uh you know big physical guys so i don't think kirk merit fits that role uh, but I do think that he has a little size on him, um, ability to be able to catch the ball, of course, being a receiver. And, um, you know, what you've seen on special teams shows that, you know, he he knows how to find lanes and be able to make plays. So we'll see, man. But I I, I like Kirk Merritt. Um, it definitely seems like the Saints want him to be a part of the squad. And, and, and you have to be rooting for a guy, especially him being a hometown guy. Uh, who that TJ and Ross? What's going on, man? Appreciate you. Appreciate you for uh checking out the interview. Uh man, I love y'all shows. Dennis, uh, thank you, man. Thank you for that. I'm I'm pretty sure Ross is uh probably still uh checking out the podcast right now. You know, but I mean he had some things he needed to do. I, I wanted to make sure that I uh I just wanted to make sure I get him off in time, man. You know, I didn't want to be racing against the clock. Uh let's see. Uh Chris Sanders says, Can history repeat itself? Uh, not being superstitious the last time we had two players from the state of lsu play offense and defense we won the super bowl <laughs> man you you reaching right now man. <laughs> chris you reaching man uh deborah henderson and uh randall gay uh honey badger and juice <laughs> hey man i like that optimism man but that is a stretch armstrong reach right there uh i, I like how you try you find an optimism in this and uh and in the coincidental uh actions in this uh i'm excited to see that man I'm, I'm just happy to see two guys that we know that are capable of making plays uh i expect for these guys to make plays for the new orleans saints and, and to be an integral part of what the saints actually do in order for them uh to be able to you know sustain success <laughs> uh tender chitlin's hamstrings is hilarious <laughs> how many games you're going uh this, this season bro I'm going to try to go to a few. Um, I'm going to try to drive down because this is going to be crazy, man. Next week, okay, so next Saturday, uh, my wife and I are going to Las Vegas, right? So we're going to be there and we're going to leave on Wednesday from there. Then we got to uh, pick up my son from my mom's house in Mississippi and drive back to South Carolina. So Thursday, and then I'm probably going to stay in there for a day and then leave and drive to atlanta on a saturday so i'm gonna be up i'm gonna be booked like booked booked like crazy uh 
this this um this this uh well next weekend and a weekend after that i'm, I'm gonna come to the falcon game and i'm gonna try to go to a few more games but i'll let you know which one so it's gonna be it's gonna be very hectic and busy man trying to get to those doing all these things but i'm excited about it looking forward to it amy just and john Hendricks, and also chris and also ross and john and mike triplett and also cat and Trevor. i mean yeah you got a lot of got a lot of individuals out there you know that, that's working extremely hard uh shouts out to amy just i don't she no longer covers the saints anymore uh i think she went back to her hometown of the Nebra- home state of nebraska and she's uh working with the corn huskers so uh she she left maybe a couple months ago so she's no longer doing it and Catherine taro i think she works with espn now uh maddie uh who you know she she does a really good job as well shouts out to maddie i mean there's so many got people that you can choose from but i mean the thing about it is when it comes to Ross, man, I mean, if you've been following this guy for, I say, for the last year and a half, two, I mean, you can really, like, see that it, he was, you know what I'm saying, he was on the cusp of, of doing something special with his work ethic, his determination. And like I said, it, it's kind of hard not to root for a guy like that, you know? I mean, so I'm always, you know what I'm saying, I always have appreciation for a person that works hard and and, and and you know and really just tries to do everything that they can to try to build up their brand and that's what he's done so you know that i mean not to disrespect any you know of those individuals you know they do a really great job but you know i mean i just you know appreciate what ross is doing out there come on ross don't tell me you got them kevin whitehand <laughs> i hope that uh let's see two of the best nola content creators right there much love for these two guys. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And I'm pretty sure he appreciates that as well. I'm going to stroll down a little bit. And let's see where we're at. Got a few donations. Uh, let's see. Hoodie Juice says, Ross is very hardworking and very cool. Gave me about two hours of his time after a Saints practice to uh, meet me and some people for lunch. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that, Hoodie Juice. Like I say, man, like <laughs> it's hard not to root for a guy like that, man, that's that work so hard and and kind, you know what I'm saying, kind-hearted. And, and you know, I, you when you do podcasts like this and you reach out to individuals to do interviews and stop by, it's like, it's kind of hard, you know what I'm saying? Like, because some of them, you know, they, they can be full of themselves and, you know what I'm saying, feel like, oh, I got this going, I, I got that going. And, you know, they don't they don't feel like they, you know, you worth their time. Um, they had an individual, you know, that told me, today you know they they will come do on my show if i i pay them twenty five hundred dollars like no you know what i'm saying <laughs> like ain't happening okay i i look all due respect i got a lot of respect for that person but no okay um i i will look I, I just feel like when a person takes the time out and you know to be a part of what you're doing it's a great thing um but you know so you always have situations like that. Question. Uh, Barbara, thank you for the $5. Says, considering the tight ends uh, we will play this season, uh, let's see, Kittle, Pitts, Waller, Andrews, what is your assessment of our linebacker corp? Well, I think that our linebacker corp is really good uh, when it comes to, like, covering guys. I-, I will say that. I mean, Pete Warner is a really good cover linebacker when he's healthy. Demario Davis does a very good job as well. And then you have the Honey Badger as well as C.J. Garner-Johnson out there that has that ability also. But you mentioned, man, they got some really good tight ends. You know, so they're arguably probably 
you know, top, top three, top five, you know, like depends on how you look at it. I mean, you have to, you know, throw, uh, you know, you got to throw a couple in there. You say Mark Andrews is really good. Darren Waller. I mean, of course you have Travis Kelsey that's still out there right now. And uh, you know, those, those guys, but those are some top uh, tight ends, some of the best in the league. So you're definitely going to need some really good linebacker play and some really good safety play in order for you to be able to neutralize that. But I think the Saints will be able to handle that, uh, to be honest with you. And I think somebody like C.J. Gardner-Johnson is going to relish in this opportunity, especially the last time they played the 49ers. And, you know, well, not the last time they played the 49ers, but because uh, the next time around he played the 49ers, he was all over the field. That was the game where Drew Brees got hurt. Uh, but uh, I expect for him to – uh, be up for the competition, especially if he's going George Kittle because of that fourth and two a couple of years back. Uh, when the Lambs, <laughs> when the Lambs game, I want to see us pummel the damn Lambs uh, game. What date uh, is it? Uh, my mom and I will be there. Um, I'm not sure. Somebody can pull that up for me. Let me know uh, when is that game going to take place. Uh, I'm not sure the actual date. Okay, but uh, speaking of which, uh, I gotta take a moment. Uh, we got to pay these bills real quick. Want to thank the fine folks at DraftKings.com. It says the wait is over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL week one action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official official boarding, uh, sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up to seven and you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice and your team leads by seven points or any points during the game, you get paid instantly. Even if your team loses, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now Use the promo code SOTS and get $200 in free bets instantly when place a $5 bet on any football game. So the promo code, once again, is SOTS, only at DraftKings.com, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21-plus, physically presented in Louisiana, selected parishes only, bonus issues as free bets, one early win token, issues and opt-in. Money line bet only. Deposit and waging restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensed partner of Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you just so happen to be dealing with a gambling problem, you can call 1-877-770-STOP. That's 1-877-770-STOP. Now let's get back to the show. All right. Let's see. Thank y'all for being here. 161 people watching this right now. Wow. So thank y'all, man. And make sure y'all hit the like button for those that just got here. Those that just got here, ask that you hit the like button. Uh, I can see the starters playing one series. That scares the heck out of me. If you just joining us, uh, I, I talked with uh, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints, and I said the biggest concern that I have is – is you know those guys that are coming out there playing reckless 
you know, those reckless players, like the ones that's that's on the bubble, and they're like, man, if I can make this one play, if I can do this one thing, oh, Lord, I can make the team. Jesus, just let me hit that quarterback, Lord. You know, like that's the, that's the guy that I'm concerned about. That's that's the one I'm concerned about. I'm if it was like week two or something like that, or you know, where they kind of using that as a dress rehearsal, I wouldn't be concerned. You know, for a series like we seen Jameis Winston go up against the Jacksonville Jaguars as a starter, and he what he had like ten plays. I mean, he played like really really good. You know, he only had like two series, right? So, but. The last game of preseason, that, that's that's very concerning to me. That is extremely concerning. At the State of the Saints podcast, look like you got your hands full. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I feel like, yeah, exactly. If we're talking about, yeah, the trip, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, man, I, I want to go to – I want to go to Love Vegas. I mean, it's something that me and my wife has planned out months months ago. And then, of course – you know, going to the Falcons game, you know, that's something that uh that I'm trying to do as well. Uh, I feel like we need to see first uh, offense to build a little chemistry before the season starts. We have division games at the beginning of the season, so we have to be sharp. I agree. I, I agree. But how sharp are you going to be with one series, you know? But and think about this. I, look, let's just be real about this, folks. I understand that we want to see these guys out here on the field. We want to see them run out, especially the ones that's going to the game. But how would you feel if one of these players of, of importance, the ones that's going to be a starter, the ones that's, that can make an impact, get hurt, like like uh, Tavon, uh, uh, Thibodeau did, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau did? I mean, how would that make you feel? But like, man, why risk it? Uh, that's why I'm at this point, like, what what can you possibly gain this week that you're not going to gain on the 11? I, I'm just I, I'm I'm just confused, folks. I'm sorry. I'm just confused. I don't I don't see the point. I don't see the point of putting those guys out there. I said and I joked on Twitter. I said I don't care if the guy is so rusty. I need a tetanus shot standing next to him. I would not jeopardize. The regular season. If a guy get hurt in the regular season, that's I mean, honestly, uh, it, it would suck, but it's football, and it would be more understandable. The guy trying to help the team win in a game of importance, right? I understand Jim Mora, if he probably heard me say that, he'll probably cuss me out, <laughs> Coach Jim Mora, because, uh, you know, he got into it with a legendary uh, sportscaster, Ryan Sawater, and uh, he was talking about a meaningless game, and he got mad at him. So I understand Jim Mora be mad. But I'm just saying, a game that is an exhibition game, nothing's really on the line. It's not going to add to your stat line. It's not going to add to your playoff positioning or anything like that. So I don't see the point. I don't see it. If, if you're rusty, then I'd rather you be, you know what I'm saying, I'd rather you be healthy and rusty than be limping and, and halfway hurting rusty. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not risking it. I'm sorry. I think that it's more about, you know, it's more about optics for us more so than actually seeing them play. I just think that we just want to see those guys catch a pass. So we just want to see those guys out there running just to see them out there on our television to feel like what we're watching is worth it. TJ, when are you and Big Q going to hook up? Uh, Man, I'm uh, trying try to uh, reach out to Big Q, man. He reached out to me a while back and, Man, it was just during a time when I was actually going through a transition with the radio station and trying to learn the ropes there. And then I started writing for the Who That Ditch. And I've I've tried, like, 
at times where I know that he's on and I was trying to like, you know, pop in there. Like I was uh just so happened to be wrapping up a show last week and uh <clears throat> excuse me, Hooded Jew was on. And um, you know, I, I I popped in there, you know, talked to them for a little while as well. So I was trying to do the same thing. Uh, but you know, around the time where I always see a show, it's almost like he he wrapping it up. But I, I definitely want to get there and um you know do a show with him because i like working uh with big q and uh we we talk behind the scenes i mean he's a big boxing fan just like me you know so i know he does you know boxing and talks about that as well so uh definitely want to be able to talk to, to him about that man especially since i'm um, hearing some things like terrence crawford might be fighting arrow spence, uh, spence in the fall and they're close to making a deal so definitely want to talk about that but yeah, man, I, I love Big Q, man. He does a really good job over there. He works it extremely hard. He's dedicated to what he's doing, too. So I have a lot of respect for him also, man. Uh, the Saints have swept at least one team from our division every year since 2016. If we just split our division games and managed to go 7-4 and four outside the division, we win 11 games. Well, that's some good math right there, Jerry. Uh, that's some good math right there. But I, I expect for the Saints to sweep quite a few uh, teams in the NFC South. I, I expect for the Saints to have their head on straight. Now, the biggest concern to me is something that Chosen has often brought up on the show. Shouts out to Chosen Kingston. But he says situational football. Like, we expect for the New Orleans Saints to be good. But sometimes it's not always about being good. It's about uh, situational football. How would they be able to respond in that? And I'm going to be honest with you, man. Um, You know, you got to be able to finish strong. You know, you got to be able to put your team in the positions to win. I don't want it to be one of them situations like how the Lions were with Dan Campbell last year, you know, where they were so close but no cigars and it took them boys weeks to win a game, which I don't expect for the Saints to be in that type of position, of course. But sometimes when you go up against guys that are good offensive masterminds or defensive masterminds, you got to be able to counteract that. And also you got to be able to make adjustments. So, um, Unless, you know, the Saints are having issues with that, I don't expect for the New Orleans Saints uh, to not be among some of the top teams in the NFC. Now, I know people are trying to badmouth the team and they're talking about what about Jameis Winston and what are you going to do? And everybody seems to get the benefit of the doubt but the Saints. Uh, you know, even they had like an article and um, <coughs> there was an article and uh, also they were talking about it on Undisputed about the Saints uh, simulated they simulated Madden and the Saints won the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs. And everybody like, I don't know, man. I got the Saints ranked like 20 of them. I'm like, come on, man. You think you got 20 teams better than the New Orleans Saints? The Saints almost made the playoffs with 57 different combinations of a starting lineup. So you're telling me if guys stay healthy, you got all this these guys coming to the offense. You got Jameis Winston. You know, you got Alvin Kamara. You're telling me that the Saints can't win 10 games? And they almost won 10 with Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill and Ian Book playing the quarterback at one time. Like, come on, man. Give me a freaking break. You ain't about to tell me that. So y'all can believe what they want to believe. But at the end of the day, I expect for this team to be good. As long as they handle themselves, they be professional, and they know how to deal with different situations. Mocha is not late. Hold on. Drink a little Gatorade here. Mocha is not late night Saints hour anymore. Work two jobs right now. <laughs> well, look, I completely understand that. It was time where, you know, I was working two jobs. You know, I, I was. I was working 
of course, at the radio station at the time. And then I, I, I took on a job working at a hospital. That was a while back, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, man, <laughs> the radio station, shouts out to the station manager, man. He was like, man, we want to make sure that we, you know, help you out. And, man, it was, it was nice enough to kind of change my position, give me a promotion and stuff like that where I didn't need that night job anymore. So shouts out to them, man. But I definitely know how that feels about working those two jobs and and how tough that can be, man. So shouts out to all those people out there, you know, working these jobs. I mean, it's coming to time now, man. It seems like everybody need, you know, saying needs that extra job to get some income in here, man. How how crazy things are, cost of food, gas, all these different things. It's it's tough, man. So shouts out to all the people that's that's working hard, grinding out here in these streets. I remember CD terrorizing in that 49ers game. Yeah, me too. I mean, it was, it was definitely one of his best games as a pro. I'm a Yankees fan, and I'm a Jayhawks fan. Well, ain't nothing wrong with that. I, we appreciate you for being here. You know, regardless to who you root for, um, we're always appreciative. You know, we we, we love the, the energy um, of any fan uh, that comes on the show. You know, we just, you know, ask that, you know, just stay respectful. I don't mind. You know what I'm saying? I don't mind. Like, I don't care if you're a fan of a rival team in NFC South or any team in the NFL. You know, we appreciate you for being here because you could be anywhere else. So we appreciate it. Uh, Tigers on Saturday, Saints on Sunday. Well, let's hope that's a good thing. Let's hope that's a good thing because um, it has not been over the last couple of years. <laughs> uh, I'm a Saints. Uh, I'm a Saints and also Yankee and Jayhawk fan, too. OK, OK, got you. Got you. OK, you're a Saints fan, too. Okay, well, thanks for being here. Did y'all hear about the Bills player accused of rape? I I actually said that. <laughs> uh, I think it's I think that's one of the words that YouTube don't want you to use. Okay, but anyway, look, uh, the R word. <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard about it. Um, oh, I think his name Ariza or something like that. Um, I think it was that punter that kicked the ball like eighty yards too, just like Blake Gillikin did. Um. It sucks, man. Um, <clears throat> what he said was, uh, he he asked it was consensual. Uh, he, he said that I think at the time he was twenty one, and the girl was seventeen. But I don't know, man. I don't know what the, I don't know what the statute limitation. Well, not statute limitation. I don't know what the. I guess that's what you call it, right? I don't know what the age limit is. You know, in some states, like. For, you know what I'm saying, not to be considered, like, you know, statutory. I think some age limits are, like, 16, 17, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, you know, most states have, like, you have to be 18 years of age. So I, I don't know, man. I don't know, like, I don't know. I'd rather reserve my judgment. I don't know exactly what happened. Um, He did come out and said that, you know, he did have sexual relations with the girl, but it wasn't like what he what she's saying that it is so <clears throat> we'll see we'll see man but that's crazy right it, it's like if you go to one state and do that then you know it's legal you go to another state and do that then it's illegal but i i, I just don't know man like <laughs> i don't i don't know how to feel about like certain young age limits like okay like if you <clears throat> 21 looking at 11 or 12 year old like that's 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 sick okay but let's just be let's just be real how many high schools that you know that you had high school seniors who were 18 
who were dating like freshmen, you know what I'm saying? Like young girls or whatever like that. So I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know if you like 50 or something like that and you mess with like fit, like that's, that's, that's sick to me. But I just feel like that's kind of young, you know, that's, that's kind of young. And then, you know what I'm saying? Also, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess people like, man, follow the rules, but I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about that. But definitely, like, if, you know, like, the game thing, like, if, if, if that's true, like, yeah, you, you need to be under the jail. That's sick. So I don't know, man. Because that, I, like I said, it depends on the state, right? If a person is 21 and they're 17, I don't know, in Texas, then it's legal. But if a person is 21 and the other person 17 in I don't know, 17 in uh, California, then it's illegal. Like, didn't, um, didn't everybody make a big deal about the rapper Tiger when he was dating, like, what, what, Kendall Jenner or something like that, and she would, like, be 17 or something, and it was somebody who was just hanging around, and then all of a sudden, like, they popped up, came a couple when she was 18. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. How, I don't know. I guess, you know, like I said, it's one of those situations – I guess it depends on your state, how people may feel about a certain situation. Uh, I want to see what they do with Kirk Merritt tonight uh, since they have him uh, working out with the running back lately. Mario says, TJ the host. Nate Diaz better. <laughs> Road City all day. Giving a shout out to Hoodie Juice. Say, Ain't no way 20 teams better than the Saints. I agree with that. I, I agree with that. Let's see. Greg Olson or Tony Gonzalez, which form of tight end our rivals we hate the most? Uh, I say Tony Gonzalez because Tony Gonzalez continuously made plays against the Saints. But I guess, you know, it depends on what your flavor is. If we went to the Super Bowl this year, which team do you find to be the best opponent? The Bills? The Buffalo Bills? (laughs) TJ, I sent you my fantasy team on your Instagram. Check it and let me know what you think. Okay, I'll check it out, man. I'll I make sure I, I take a look at that. Aha, when we go to the Super Bowl, who that? They'll have you believe uh, because Sean Payton isn't there that we have no chance. Yeah, because it's easy to kind of say that, you know, but nobody's saying anything about Bruce Arians not being there. You know, ain't nobody saying that, though, okay, because I guess Tom Brady can weather the storm. <coughs> but we also seen that no matter how good your quarterback is, it, it can't account for bad coaching, okay, because – the year that Sean Payton uh, got suspended and you had Joe Vid and you had uh, Steve Spagnola coaching, you know, like you had those guys out there. I mean, Drew Brees were putting up some major numbers, but them boys went seven and nine. So regardless to who you got out there, you got an aging quarterback. Like I said, you have to understand situational football. If you don't, then I don't care how good you are. I don't care who you have back there. So they have, so they have more unanswered questions than the Saints. At least we know that the Saints got a, a pretty solid offensive line. They offensive line hurt. We we know the Saints got some solid receivers. We don't know what Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans doing. They've been dealing with hamstrings and ACLs, but nobody's saying anything about that. We know we got Alvin Kamara, but nobody's saying anything about Leonard Fournette and his weight gain and how that's going to affect his performance on the field. It's like any type of limitation that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have they just completely just minimize it. Like, nah, you know, but they got Brady. Uh, but they got Brady. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what they defense going to be. I mean, they secondary was slow last year. Let's just be real. Ain't nobody talking about that. Like, nobody talking about they, they secondary and how they secondary struggled last year. 
And you know what I'm saying? They they losing in Dominican Sue. You got Via Vader. It's still there, Vita Vader. You know what I'm saying? You still got him, but you still missing in Dominican Zoo, a guy that has not missed the NFL game due to injury in his career. So you telling me all those unanswered questions, but for some apparent reason, because you got a 45-year-old quarterback, that just gonna that just gonna solve all the problems. I don't care if it's Tom Brady or not. If you don't have a team around you, you don't have a running game, you don't have offensive line. All these different things. Can you imagine? I don't care if it was Breeze or not. If the Saints had two wide receivers that has like could have serious injury, if you lose two or uh, three, three, if you add Adam uh, Adam Kappa, you know, Alice Kappa, if you lose three members of your offensive line, if the Saints like struggle in a secondary and they they didn't have a running game to speak of or a guy that had question marks at the at the running back position you ain't about to tell me they ain't about to put the saints at the bottom of the barrel i don't care if they had drew Brees or sean payton or not but that's just how they do it nobody says anything like tom brady goes away for you know what i'm saying a few weeks nobody says anything nobody mentions it nobody covers it or anything then he comes back and they're just like oh he's back nobody says anything but people weren't confused about Tyron Matthew and where he at and where his location at and how it's going to affect the Saints. And, oh, if he want to really be with the Saints. Oh, he he scratched all the Saints information off Twitter and Instagram and all that noise there. So it, it's like they play with a different set of rules. And it's like they live in an alternative universe. And anything that, that will make you believe that Tampa may struggle this season is like, Nobody wants to pay attention to that. Nobody wants to address it. Nobody wants to say anything about it. And quite frankly, I'm kind of ticked off about it. And it's not the fact that I'm envious of Tampa. Why would I be as a Saints fan? Like, seriously, I don't care if you're a Tampa Bay fan watching this or not. Why would any Saints fan be envious of you at all? Like, we whoop y'all tail every single time we play y'all for the most part. And y'all can keep on bringing up that divisional round game, which is good because the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. But when it comes down to it, the Saints are structured better. They coach better. They got a better team. So why would anybody be jealous of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? This has absolutely nothing to do with jealousy, and it has everything to do with media bias. And just because Tom Brady has won seven Super Bowls, you shouldn't exalt him or make him feel like he's beyond reproach. Like this dude is not a a holy deity or something like that. He's a football player. And if you're going to call if you're going to call it down the middle, call it down the middle. That That's what bothers me. I'm like, the Saints have corrected every situation that they had last season, including a struggling offense. And yet nobody's giving them credit because they feel like, oh, Sean Payton ain't there. Bruce, I mean, uh, Dennis, uh, uh, Sean Payton ain't there. Drew Brees ain't here. They can easily just write the Saints off. But you have all of these situations. You got all these situations and nobody says anything about it. Real Talk Perez says two rings, but who cares? Seriously, like that still don't make y'all better. If I, I always say, if I play basketball and I'm playing five games and I beat you four times out of five, that don't make you better. If somebody comes out there and say, okay, man, I got a trophy right here. If you make this shot, then you get the trophy. You make it, I miss, but I've been spanking your tail the whole entire time. That means absolutely nothing. Like, that's that's weak sauce right there. That, that's weak sauce. Y'all can have it. You know what I'm saying? But that still don't make you better. I, I don't care. Like, Tampa Bay can say whatever they want. That still don't make you better. You know it. Like, deep down inside, 
they they can va- they can try to validate that and make themselves feel better because of a Super Bowl, but they know deep down inside the Saints have been whooping their tail for the last what three years. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have not beaten the Saints in a regular season since 2018. The Saints have what have won like seven games against them. They have won four out of five games versus the great Tom Brady. And you know, like you said, it's hard to beat a team three times. So it is what it is. As far as jealousy, why, like I said, why in the world would any New Orleans Saints fan be jealous of, of Tampa Bay? Because we know it's inevitable. You guys are not organizationally structured to be able to win past Tom Brady. Like y'all seen it. We've seen the preseason games. Who, I mean, do you think anybody's going to be nervous about Kyle Trask? Once Tom Brady leaves, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's over. Seriously, nobody will care about y'all. Y'all will get absolutely no media coverage whatsoever. And, y- and y'all be in the same boat as every other team. Y'all be on the same show, be on the same kick that we talking about right now, not getting the attention you deserve. Tom Brady makes y'all team. Nobody talks about y'all. If you, if you didn't take that from the 40 days and 40 nights he retired, I don't know what to tell you. For 40 days, like nobody cared about y'all. They only care about Tampa when number 12 gets on the field. Besides that, nobody gives a damn about it. So why, like I said, who, why would anybody care about Tampa? Like Tampa, not even the Saints biggest rivals, like the Falcons are. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans want the Saints to be their biggest rival because they know the Saints, for as far as the NFC South is concerned, they've been the standard. So they need the Saints in order to validate themselves. And they, they have been doing this for years, but now you have Tom Brady, they feel like they got something they can hang their hat on. I have absolutely no jealousy in my heart. I don't know about other Saints fans, but I, I don't even care that much about, about the Buccaneers like that. Buck versus Saints game are the funniest to watch with friends because in October game last year, he was laughing his behind off when he realized Brady fumbled uh, was cause, uh, <laughs> caused by Cam pushing Brady. Yeah, look, I'm not trying to make this show about Tampa Bay versus Saints because once again, I don't really care about that. But I'm just saying, like, I, I'm, I'm more concerned about it when it comes to the media bias. I, like I said, I don't lose sleep about Tampa Bay. I say, you can, you know, put them two rings up there. You know, but them talking about them two reigns to me, it's like saying that Robert Ory is better than Michael Jordan because Robert Ory has seven reigns and Michael Jordan has six. Like that's asinine. So reigns don't always tell the whole story and it don't validate greatness. Like it don't make it don't make Tampa Bay a greater organization than the Saints. I, I mean, back in 2007, you had an undefeated Patriots team lose to the Giants. Are you telling me that Patriots team, if they would have played that game, I don't know, three out of four times the Giants would have beat them? No. Uh, no way. Back to the basement. TJ, I want to see a little better pass rush from our rotation. I agree, Eric. I agree. They have not been getting home. They have not been getting home, and that is very alarming. That is very concerning. Uh, I expect for them to kind of rev it up, hopefully, uh, when the season starts, but they definitely haven't been getting home. And – um I want to see that from Peyton Turner. I, I know that Ross uh, was on a show earlier and he said that, you know, Peyton Turner has been doing well, but I'm going to be honest, man, I haven't really been seeing it in the games. I ain't been seeing it. It ain't been translated to the field. So I don't know, man. I hope this ain't one of them Brandon Coleman situations, you know, where, you know, he looked like a beast in practice, but, you know, go out there on the field and just look like just any other guy. Kimberly says, I'm getting really uh, 
weird they're obsessed of, uh, of us uh this guy made a hat to sell that uh said f the saints uh they even wish the players a happy birthday by sharing saints photos with their oh well, look like i said it, it's like it's like gas to an automobile right you need in order for you to make the automobile move <clears throat> you need the gas tampa cannot stand on their own two feet seriously like once like once tom brady leaves everything else leaves with him the fan base you got you got patriot fans that came over and rolled over with tom brady then you got tampa which is you know what i'm saying you're gonna have some casual fans that just kind of grandstand and stuff like that they're gonna leave the media gonna leave they get that attention because the media loves tom brady period has absolutely nothing to do with the team at all i mean that that's the that's the biggest thing like when tampa bay fans come in here and they talk about the team i'm like nobody cares about y'all like seriously like nobody cares about y'all it's like harold melvin in the blue notes like seriously nobody cared about harold melvin in the blue notes they cared about teddy pendergrass i mean tom brady is teddy pendergrass right that that's what he is right you know, you brought you had you had the uh blue notes in the background to be free to be who you are, you know, like but everybody wanted to hear the vocals of Teddy Pendergrass. Everybody wanted to hear that, right? Nobody cared about no man, nobody cared about the Harold Melvin in the blue notes. People cared about Teddy Pendergrass. Okay. I just want people to understand that. Tom Brady is Teddy Pendergrass. Come on and go with me. Come on over to my yeah, that's what they cared about. Uh, God's honest prediction. Jameis will have the first 10,000-yard season in NFL history. AK will score 50 touchdowns, uh, 20 of which will be achieved by running uh, backwards into the end zone from the 50-yard line. Uh, I'm telling you right now, if uh, <laughs> that is not going to happen, and I know what you're doing, Josh, so I'm going to hit you with Matter of fact, I'm gonna hit you with the Oh hell no Sean McBride. Oh hell no. And look, they happening, man. I mean, I, I think all those guys are gonna have a productive season. Hopefully. Uh, but and that ain't happening. Unless you playing Madden on rookie or something for 15 minutes, and maybe they can achieve that. <laughs> Is <laughs> another love TKO. Think I gotta let it go. <laughs> it's just another love, love TKO. <laughs> hey, what you know about that, man? <laughs> what you know about that? Tyrell says, uh, I will always remember CD Do standing up to Brady with his arm crossed, looking like a bouncer at a club till the Brady died. You ain't on the list. <laughs> that's a legendary picture right there. That's go, that's gonna forever be. In the archives of safe fed that's up there with 28 to 3 the troller the troller falcons which is like uh epic by the way because uh the superdome has put up a, a banner and i don't know if y'all see this i would try to pull it up real quick for those that did that but there's a banner up as you know that the uh nfl well the Superdome is going on renovation they're trying to compete by 2024 and uh of course there it includes like uh man bar open bar stuff like that i mean they they got that thing laid out plush okay but there's also going to be 
an escalator that's going to be available. And I'm going to pull that up real quick so y'all can see this. And uh, <laughs> this is what it says uh, for all the people that's coming into the Superdome. It says, our new express escalator will get you to your seat 28.3 times faster than before. That may not be an exact number, but there is always something about 28 to 3 coming in 2023. <laughs> so a little bit of a shot to the Atlanta Falcons, uh, showing how much we really love this team because they have no limits to how petty they can be, and they have no limits to how they will troll the Atlanta Falcons. God love that. God love that right there. Uh, the Blue Notes, thank you very much for the $2 says, people do care about us, honestly. Uh, no, they don't. Okay. Nobody cares about the Blue Notes. Give me, give me one name of a guy from the Blue Notes and, and don't use Wikipedia. Somebody please do it, okay? I guess you could put Teddy Pendergrass because I guess he was considered the Blue Notes and Harold Melvin then saying a doggone thing, okay? I mean, all he did was just take money from the Blue Notes and hide it under his mattress. And I encourage anybody, there's a Showtime documentary on Teddy Pendergrass that came out a couple years ago. If you didn't watch it, I, I would encourage you to do some great stuff. But uh, nobody cares about Harold Melvin. And unless it's Teddy Pendergrass, nobody cares about the Blue Notes. For someone that has seven rings, he could have scored a touchdown in his own home field by now. Just saying. Exactly. For someone who claims to be a fan of the Bucks, you showcase seem to stay off Saints podcast. That's because, man, look, that's because your boy is so talented, all right? That's <laughs> because we have such a good show over here, man. Look, y'all know what it is, man. The State of the Saints podcast. Y'all know how we do it over here, man. Y'all know how we do it, man. It's, it's entertainment, right? We we love to entertain. Are you not entertained? I hope so, okay? Got to be entertained. That's because that's what we do over here, man. We entertain the masses, not just Saints fans, but other fans too, okay? It, it, really doesn't, it really doesn't matter, okay? The State of the Saints podcast is where it's at. Message! Just being honest. Just being honest. Uh, let me see. Jared said, let me make some love to you. <laughs> Saints will smash them week two. I think they're going to be play. They're going to be up for that game because they're going to want to really win. They, they, they've been hearing the whispers. We keep that same energy for all the rivals. They're going to be up for that game though. Even new Madden, when you're up four scores in the fourth quarter, the announcer says something like it's pretty much impossible, but we do remember a certain super. But yeah. I- they do. That was hilarious, man. And it just so happened when they said that I was playing the Falcons, <laughs> which made it even more funnier. Uh, let's knuckle up then, fool. So who ca- who really cares? Harold Melvin. Harold Melvin is dead, okay? If he's talking to me right now, I'm scared to death. <laughs> if Harold Melvin for Harold Melvin to the Blue Dose is talking to me right now, I'm scared to death, okay? Because uh, that, that's some that's some Casper the Friendly Goat-ish right there. Uh, after the first three sacks, Tom gonna hit uh, hit that Tevin Campbell. Can we talk to the D line? <laughs> Bucks fans will crawl back in their holes uh, once they lose uh, to us. I agree. I agree with that. They they gonna they gonna head back to the to the pit of misery where they've been at. Buckle Locker is the only unbiased fan I respect. Uh, Buckle Locker, I like him. I got a lot of respect for that dude. He, he kind of like similar to like most of these same shows you see out here that ain't just, you know, got the rose colored bus glasses on and stuff like that. Unlike that other guy, I think that uh somebody was talking about. I mean, him and that crew there. I mean, I don't know if they just trying to get a deal with Barstool or they just actual degenerates. I don't know. 
you know, but uh, <laughs> that ain't it. Okay. But I mean, I guess it, it's, it's for certain people. You know, I guess certain people like that. I'm just not a fan of, I, I'm just not a, a fan of like that type of uh, sports talk. I'll be there for the Bucks can uh, Canaan coming in from Albuquerque. Let's hope that trip not be in vain. All right. <laughs> 28 to three cents. <clears throat> Boy, if that happened, that would be epic. I'm about to come back, I think. Drew Brees. Uh, nah, Drew, stay with you, man. Uh, your family needs you, all right? Your family needs you, all right? We, we don't, you've you done everything you could for the team, man. So just go out there, spend the time with your family, you know what I'm saying? Have some fun, you know, you know, go shopping for sneakers with your kid like you've been doing. We don't need you. We good, man. Appreciate it. Turn off the lights. <laughs> Turn off the lights. And light a candle. <laughs> if you think you're lonely now. <laughs> Let's see. We are good. We are good. Shout out uh Teddy Ray. Let's see. Uh I'm gonna ask uh what's it Marie Laveau uh work uh some more roots <laughs> on the books. Uh, I, <laughs> look, I don't look, I don't think we need the voodoo for the Bucks to be honest with you. I think we just need a solid offense and a solid defense and we should be all right. <laughs> Turn them off. <laughs> now we now we reach the Teddy Pendergrass segment of the show. Look, we got 176 people here right now. I ask that you hit that like button. I would really appreciate that. Uh sucks try to be cocky, thinking that we can still win a division, uh more wins. That's one happens this season. Sucks or worse. <laughs> Did last year and play a harder schedule. Um, yeah, I mean, they got a lot, they got that first place schedule. So we'll see. Drew Brees kids all uh, want to be gangster. Look, I ain't gonna touch that, you know. That's just what those kids are into, man. They like rap music, love hip hop. And I'm pretty sure, you know, they probably was influenced by being in the locker room, you know, seeing those guys, you know, um, you know, listening to the you know, hip hop music at the games and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure they was in that thing. So um, I'm pretty sure they probably was uh, inspired by that. Being around those uh, all those locker rooms and stuff like that. So that's not surprising. Devin White. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the mob boss. I call him the mob boss because he breaking legs. Uh, I hope he get <laughs> injured by us. Oh, nah, nah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to see that man get hurt. I don't care what he did. That, that I don't nah, I, nah, I'm good on that. Nah, man. We're not gonna wish that we're not gonna put that type of energy out there. I'm gonna call him the mob boss because like I said, it seemed like he, he be going after them legs, but I don't want to see him get hurt. I think he's a talented guy. I think that he's really good as a linebacker. Not gonna take that away from him. I don't want to see him get hurt. Uh what up, TJ? Uh late to the show from work in the graveyard shit, but do you see us making any kind of trades before the start uh, season starts? Just curious. Well, uh, according to Nick Underhill, shout out to Nick. Uh, he said the Saints been screening calls about possible trades all yesterday. So I don't know if anything came of that. I don't know if anything going to come of that. Uh, but I, I'm a big advocate of uh, Micah City coming to the team via trade, the Titan from Miami, because they're saying that they're interested in shopping him around. Uh, I wrote an article on who that dish that should be out pretty soon talking about that. So that's one that's one guy I feel like would be a great asset to the Saints. And I, I talked about why I feel like uh I feel like Taysom Hill would be a, a good person to give up for a guy like this sticky. 
some people got mad at me when I said that on the last episode, but I think that people aren't understanding that Sean Payton is not here anymore. Y'all have to understand that this is Dennis Allen's team. And even though Pete Carmichael is the offensive coordinator, that does not mean that he's going to call every single play as if Sean Payton called it. The guy has his own little flavor. You know, he has his own little thing going. And you have so many playmakers around that you you don't, like, to me, Taysom Hill was so successful at what he did was because you really didn't have that many playmakers offensively. Like, you just had Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. At the time, you might have had a little bit of a Jared Cook. But besides that, he was out there making plays. So you had to account for those plays by doing something. So you're not going to tell me that uh, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Devontae Hardy, Alvin Kamara, uh, and uh, Mike Kosicki and Adam Troutman collectively as a group can't come up to, you know, can't come up together collectively and account for the production that Taysom Hill put out there. You ain't about to tell me. I mean, the Saints will win a lot of games before Taysom Hill got here. And they're going to win a lot of games, in my opinion, when he leaves. Devin, uh, Devin White uh, rode Jameis horse collar like he was riding one of them horses. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, he did. That's what I call him the mob boss. You know, like I said, mob boss, when you can't pay up, what they do, they break your legs. You know, possibly possibly another running back. Yeah, that would be. But I mean, but you got King and Drake out there, you know. I think that he's available. He, he's a guy that can run in between the tackles, catch the ball out of backfield. Yeah, that would be a great addition. But I think they probably going to end up keeping Tony Jr. as that third running back. So that, that's the way I feel about it. Um. Let's see. Brady missed two weeks of camp to prepare for the two weeks. Uh, he won't show up when he plays the Saints. He's focused. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to believe he was focused the entire time he played the Saints. Uh, I think the offense will be better without Peyton. My opinion, he got uh, too stagnant in his offensive over the years. Need fresh air now. Yeah. I mean, Pete Carmichael's has shown he's capable of calling plays, man. So let's let's make sure let's let's we can do the same thing. None of these joke accounts today have uh, been me. I swear to God, I'll be ripping them. Um, well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they weren't because you know I, I didn't get any uh fraudulent uh clues in any of those. So I'm pretty sure it wasn't you. I'll be ripping them. Uh, quick question, TJ. Uh, your thoughts on the upcoming LSU season? What's your prediction? Um, I expect for them to have a solid season. I don't expect for – I'd be shocked if they, like, being a college football playoff, I feel feel like Ryan Kelly needs to put his stamp on there, maybe a couple more recruiting classes. Um, need these guys that he recruited this year to grow up a little bit. So uh, I expect for them to have a solid season, maybe a Cotton Bowl appearance or something like that. So – I expect the games to be more competitive than what they've been over the last couple of years. That, that, that was, whoo, that been some bad football, man. That is not LSU football that I, I've grown accustomed to. Brady can show up and we still going to beat him, pretty much. Nobody cares. Like, nobody nobody cares about Tom Brady and nobody fears him. If you're, you're a Saints fan or a Saints player, they embrace they embrace beating up on him because they, they, they tired of him. It's like we are. We the best team in the NFC by far. I, I can't go that far and say we're the best team in the NFC, but we definitely not the worst. We definitely not the worst. I can tell you that. All right. I'm, I'm not going to say we the best because I feel like that would be just me being a, a homer and a fan. Uh, 
But like I said, we definitely not the worst. And we definitely not the 20th team in the NFL. Definitely not. When was the last time we had this many skilled players all over the roster? <clears throat> mm, 2012, um, 2018, but not as many. You know, we had some really good skilled guys out there. You know, and you can even talk about the Super Bowl year. You had some talented guys. I don't, we never had these many uh, players that that we really know what their capabilities are. I can tell you that. Like it, it was like guys that kind of grew in the system, combined with a free agent too, but not like how it is now. I agree with you on that. TJ, do you think the Saints should go after Mike Kosicki, or are you confident in Troutman? Uh, Devin, I already mentioned that. I said, yeah, I feel like they they need to make a trade for Mike Kosicki. I would. I would I would I would make a trade for him. I think he's that talented. I think he's that good. And then on top of it, people are like, man, what you uh, he's looking for a contract. Well, here's my answer to that. It's not like he's played so well, like he's supposed to be among like the top tight ends being paid. It's not like he's Mark Andrews, not like he's George Kittle, but he's solid. You know what I'm saying? He's a solid tight end. We don't you don't have to be those guys. You don't have to be those guys in order for you to be productive. The guy has 73 receptions for 780 yards and a couple of touchdowns last season. Okay, that's that's extremely productive for a tight end, right? So that's that's the kind of stuff that you that you need. Where Karen Newton at? Uh, I don't know, doing podcasts, living his life. He'll be all right. He makes millions of dollars. Who's better than us on paper? I don't know who's better than us on paper, but you said it, love. On paper. You got to play these games, man. Like, we talked about Madden earlier. I mean, if we're playing Madden then i mean this open and shut case right we're the best but when it comes down to actually executing x's and o's the willies and joes you know like you got to have that good combination you have to kind of the combination of the x's and o's and the willies and the joes so i i don't know i'm 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 very he- i'm very hesitant to just double team the best i'm i'm very hesitant dubbing a team the best based on what they actually have on the team i i mean i'll tell you i'll give you an example that was a couple of years ago uh the philadelphia eagles but they had michael vick on there they had Vince young on there they had nominee austin Wild on there they had dominie rogers Camardi on there and guess what they didn't make the playoffs right they had all those talented guys they brought in all those dudes via free agency and that did not equate to any type of success they did not make the playoffs and they were one of the worst teams in the league at that time so I'm not going to say just because it's on paper that it's going to look that it, that it's going to equate to success. I have to see it. I'm not saying that it won't, but I have to see it. I, I can't say that. I mean, it's a lot to be excited about as a Saints fan, but I want to see it in real time. This is our best wide receiver group since Brandon Cooks and Mike T. Rookie season. I agree with that. Let's do an interview about our farts. Uh, Hell no, to the no, 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 hell to the no. That's Deuce which I'm pretty sure that's not the great Deuce Winham. But shout out to Deuce Winham if you just so happen to be watching this podcast. Um, <clears throat> TJ, do you think the Saints could be a super team? No, I do not. No, I do not. <laughs> I don't look at the Saints as a super team. I, I look at them as a, as a talented team. And I, I mean, I think they have playmakers across the board. But I got to see it. 
I want to say I'm surprised absolutely no one speaks of every uh, spike of Fobbs 2005 season, 29 interceptions, 20 touchdowns, the way they ride Jameis. Good point. Probably because by that time he was a Super Bowl champion and he already pretty much established himself as one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So I guess they were like, eh, who cares, right? And he won the Super Bowl at the time. He appeared in another Super Bowl losing to Denver. So they probably was like, ah, you know, these seasons aren't making or breaking him. Versus a guy like Jameis, I guess he still building his resume. Or as AB a- would say, Razzoni. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that all <laughs> since I heard Cam Jordan say that. I've been, <laughs> I've been wanting to say that all episode. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. Uh, you know, to get, you know, he's still building his resume. Uh, I know he's a Hall of Famer now, but even back years after the season, he never got the flag that Jameis does. Yeah, like I said, I just think that it's because, you know, he pretty much established himself during the time. You know, he established himself as, as one of the best quarterbacks in the world. So that was one of those reasons why um, it happened. And see, so can you go live tonight and have me on the show? Uh, nah, I'm not going live tonight, man. I'm not going live tonight. It's Friday. Uh, my wife uh, is working a little bit late. I have my son. So I'm chilling with him, man. I'm chilling with him. I, I ain't had a chance to really spend time with my son really all week because I've been running and kind of just seeing him in passing. And now nah, that sucks. Okay. I'm, I'm going I'm to take this afternoon. I'm going to take my son to the barbershop. I'm going to take him to the park and do what fathers do. So that's what I'm going to do tonight. Okay. Probably put on some Disney Plus or, you know, do, you know, play a little video game with. That's, that's what my, my evening going to consist of tonight. All right. Um, but, um, I'm not sure the next time. Well, Monday, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have an interview because I'm supposed to be interviewing RP3, from RP3 company. But besides that, man, I'm on the road. And um, I'll probably do a couple shows uh, from Mississippi. I'll probably take some of my equipment with me so I can do some podcasts there. Uh, but we'll see, man. Uh, just let just, uh, just let me know, man. Maybe, maybe like when you get close to the Tampa versus Saints game, maybe we can get together and do something there. Uh, what you think about Michael Parsons being undisputed every Tuesday during the season? I would be excited to see him uh, depress the Kyle, Kyle girls leg egg in time for the playoffs. Um, I don't have any opinion on that. I think Michael Parsons is extremely talented. I think that he has all the tools to be one of the best linebackers in football. Uh, I think that it's great for undisputed, especially Skip Bayless. We all know he loves himself some Cowboys. He talks about them rather they win or not, rather they're relevant or not. Rather, what's going on tonight, still going to talk about him. So it's excited for him and all Cowboy fans all across the country because they get a chance to see one of their own. But for me, I can care less, all right? I I, I watch Undisputed very rarely now, you know, because I already know what they're going to talk about. It's the same old thing all the time. And I'm just wondering to myself, like, when are people going to try to change it up? How many times I'm going to see Stephen A. Smith roll into towel with a cigar or a 10-gallon hat when he roll into Dallas? How many times I'm gonna see uh, Skip Bears after a cowboy when him come on the stage with a, with a jersey on? And how many times I'm gonna hear him bash LeBron and bash the Lakers? And how many times I'm gonna hear him criticize? Like I'm, I'm tired of it. It's the same thing, man. Like, I don't understand how people can continuously watch the same thing over and over again. And and they do the same thing. Like it's the same shtick all the time, pretty much. 
Or maybe it's just the fact that the Cowboys aren't successful, and maybe that's the reason why it stays the same. I don't know. Maybe it, it takes the Cowboys to actually do something in order for television to change, which is sad because there's 31 other teams in the league that you can choose from. But, hey, TJ, do you think Jameis got any snaps tonight? Uh, do you think he'll take any snaps tonight? Uh, let's see. And do you think Dennis Allen will run the ball more? I think that he'll run the ball more because – Normally, defensive coordinators, they love to run the football a little bit more because it shows their physicality, and we know they love that physical aspect. I expect for them to incorporate more running. Uh, but if it was me, I wouldn't have Jameis in. But if he comes out there for a series, probably wouldn't be surprised by that. Hey, TJ, are you keeping up with cover football this year? Uh, no, I'm not. Um, I'm always rooting for cover, you know what I'm saying, being a fellow Ram. Uh, it was good to see those guys uh, come to Saints practice, see, my, see them get excited when Michael Thomas uh, came over there by him to greet him. I'm always rooting for him, but I, I haven't been following him uh, as much as I should. But I'm always rooting for Culver High School, them doing anything. Okay, good question. Uh, do you see a young? Something's not right. Okay, whatever. Okay, good question. Uh, do you see a young quarterback? on another team that will get cut. The Saints can pick up and add uh, to our practice squad uh, to push Ian Book off the roster. Mm, I'm pretty sure they got some guys on the other team that can be able to uh, step up. You know, I'm pretty sure there's some guys that can play better than Ian Book. That's not saying much, okay? Uh, all you got to do is be able to put the ball in, in, in best place, which is a receiver hand, and not throw it over his head, and you'll be doing better than Ian Book, okay? so. Um, I'm pretty sure there are some guys on there. Look, in my in my opinion, I, there's no way in the world I keep Ian Book for no reason whatsoever. Right? No reason whatsoever. It would take for Ian Book to play. It would take Jameis and Andy Dalton to get hurt. Okay, so you're not going to tell me that you can't find another quarterback out there that can learn the offense and be able to be functional as a quarterback better than Ian Book. Seriously. I mean, I just don't think he's very good. I'm, I'm not trying to hate on the guy. I hope he finds success. Look, if the Saints cut him, I hope he lands on a team somewhere. But he's just not a good quarterback. Like, I don't understand. I be seeing Saints fans talking about, man, y'all, you going to see. See what? Like, what, what are we going to see? Like, I, I'm still waiting to see. People like Manny Young. Like, bro. I don't care how young quarterback is. There, there are certain attributes that they have, and you feel like, man, you can build on it. I don't see any of that when it comes to Ian Book. I mean, when the best thing a coach can say is, well, he's getting guys in and out the huddle. Huh? You're supposed to get them in and out the huddle. That's what quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Banana split 32 on three. All right? You know what I'm saying? Get out the huddle. Like, how impressive is that? How, how impressive is he doing what – 31 other quarterbacks do in the National Football League. That's like, it used to be a joke, right? When I was in college, some of y'all may, may know, I minored in theater. So there was a lot of uh, different shows that we used to do. And when a person would go on stage and they would suck, you know, when they come back, they'd be all excited. Be like, man, how you did, man? How, how did I do? How did I do, man? Like, man, shoot, you was up there, man, man. You was up there. Bro, I don't care what nobody, man, you was up there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's what this is, okay? That's that's what getting getting them out the huddle really means to me, okay? He was up there, all right? There, there was nothing impressive about being up there. 
All right, all right. That, that's what he is. And, and people like man, give him some time. Time for what? Dude is trash. Sorry. Point blank. Period. Anybody out here looking like man, get them Drew Brees rose colored glasses off your face. That's all people care about. People look at his size. People look at that bird mark on this eye, and it like they just automatically think, man, you're gonna turn it to Drew Brees, bro. Tell you, bro. People like, man, I'm telling you right now, I got love for everybody that watch this show, support the show, but get out of my inbox telling me about waiting on Ian Book, okay? Some of y'all going to wait up on Ian Book to try to renew your strength, okay? You may think that you're going to mount up with wings like eagles. You think you're going to be able to <laughs> walk without running, you know what I'm saying? You think you're going to be weary and not be faint, like the Bible would say, but hey, it is what it is. Ian Book sucks. Period. <laughs> now the Bible said he'll wait upon the Lord shall renew that strength. He will wait on Ian Book to become a better quarterback shall renew that. Nah, bro. That ain't it. You ain't about to mount up with wings like eagles, like the Bible said. What you're going to do is you're going to fall smack dab into the ground and flat on your face because that's the only thing that Ian Book is going to be able to give you. I don't see it. I don't see it, man. I, I do not see it. What is this Stockholm Syndrome when it comes to Ian Book? This man fumbling every game, throwing intercessions every game. Man, he going to get better. He can get better. I believe in him, man. I believe in him. I know he, you just had a bad day, babe. It's okay. <laughs> man, this dude ain't it, bro. He ain't it. That ain't it, though. That ain't it. <laughs> I know I completely butchered that scripture and my, my grandparents going to kill me. But anyway, y'all, I know I got the first part right. He who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Right? I, I'm pretty sure I was right about that point. Uh, <laughs> much love to you, TJ. Always keeping it real. Yeah, my grandpa probably looking at this show right now. and probably like, nah. That <laughs> I love y'all. I, lo I love you. Shouts out to my grandparents. <laughs> Ian Book and Traquan Smith for 20 piece dinner from Popeyes and a gallon of sweet tea. Too much. Uh, let's see. Peyton Manning and Breeze had 25 interceptions in the season before Winston will be fine. But they also went on to become the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He has a big shoes to fill. I mean, it, it just comes with territory, folks. He has to change the narrative and he has to go out and play productive. And it's fair. It's fair for you to want him to play better, but I definitely don't feel like it's fair. But people making them feel like he the poster boy a suck, especially since I see some of these other quarterbacks out here that can't throw a party for their kids. Uh, TJ, uh, who are the eye men out when it comes to receivers as we approach the deadline um, for roster cuts? Quine Baker, um, you got to take into account that six-week suspension. I don't think that they're going to keep him on the team, even though I feel like he would end up on the practice squad. <coughs> He's one. Um, Deion Dixon, pretty sure they're going to probably cut him. Hopefully he gonna clear waivers and he's gonna be able to come back. Uh Rashid he, um, I'm pretty sure the Saints are gonna try to hide him out. Um, like uh Ross said, who you'll probably end up on the practice squad. Look, I just think that one, twos, and three last year are gonna be your full five and sixes. And then you have Landry, Thomas, and Olave. I, I just think that that the the threes are going one, two, and three are gonna come four, five, and six. And then they're just gonna add those three guys that I just mentioned. So 
I just think that it's going to be the same wide receiver corp that we used to seeing, plus Chris Olave and, and Jarvis Landry. I think those other guys are probably not going to make the team. I feel like a guy like Kirk Merritt probably going to make the team, but he's going to end up like maybe being on the practice squad. Uh, hopefully he clear waivers, which uh, I'm pretty sure like he he won't, um, but we'll see. Is Book worse than Rex Grossman? Rex Grossman went to the Super Bowl. Rather you want to talk about him or not. I understand the Bears had a good defense, but <laughs> Rex Grossman went to the Super Bowl. You ain't winning nothing with that. You ain't winning nothing. You ain't winning Jack with Ian Book. I predict the Saints are going to suck. Uh, I predict that the Falcons are going to suck. I also going to predict that the Falcons fans are about as casual uh, as you're getting ready for a job interview. I also predict that the uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, gave up a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. Wait, oh, my bad. My bad. That already happened. Uh, I also predict that the da- I mean that the uh, Atlanta Falcons uh, didn't realize the rules for special teams, so they end up lo- – <laughs> well, no, that was the, the Cowboys. But pretty much the same thing. Anyway, look, the Atlanta Falcons aren't very good. And uh, hope y'all have a good season. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully y'all won't choke like y'all always do in, in certain situations. Hopefully y'all won't end up in a basement uh, in, in, with Carolina. You know, hopefully that, that doesn't happen. And I understand y'all got some talent. Y'all got Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts. And y'all got some some additions to the offensive line and stuff like that. But you still stink. You still stink. Not happening. I'm a casual fan. Well, <laughs> you won a mini. Let's see. When was the last time the Saints won a playoff game? Um, when was the last time the Saints won a playoff game? That's a good question. Uh, then they went in 2020, if I'm not mistaken. They won in 2020, right? Did they beat the Bears? Now, let me ask you this. When was the last time the Falcons made it to the playoffs? That's what I want to know. When was the last time they made it to the playoffs? All right, I'm going to give you one more, man, because I think what you're trying to do is hijack the show. So we're going to give you 15 minutes of fame because we know that's probably about as long as Atlanta Falcons going to have it. it. says, I'm in the basement right now. Exactly. In the basement where y'all belong. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, let's see. When was the last time y'all went to the playoffs? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm rooting for Alvin, though. Uh, let's see, 2020, exactly. Uh, I about to say, uh, hey, TJ, have you been keeping up with wrestling? I haven't been, uh, I have been working too much. Um, yeah, I, I, I still watching and stuff, I've been keeping up with it. A lot of, lot of interesting things going on since Triple H took over. Uh, I'm out of uh, my avatar laughing. All uh, y'all fans are casual fans. We, I already said it, man. You go to an Atlanta fucking game. You go to the Atlanta Falcon game. It, it's like going to the mall or something, right? You know, like you wouldn't even know a game going on. Like you got a bunch of fake phony people that are just trying to be seen, want to be influencers. You know what I'm saying? Like this got that BBL. You know what I'm saying? Got to make sure that this, this, this dude, this, you know what I'm saying? This woman see me in these leggings. You know what I'm saying? I won't look cute. These dudes out here, you know what I'm saying? They won't, they won't flex and be phony about that bag they got out of Lennox Mall. It, it, man. I like Atlanta. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of inspiration out there, especially like from an African-American perspective, you know, seeing like people out there working hard and, you know, getting out, you know, saying and, and receiving like the fruits of their labor, you know, like 
it, that's great, right? But it's phony, man. I'm sorry. Like, it is a bunch of phony folk out there, bro. Like, it, 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 mm -mm. And you go to them games, man, they, they got all those activities, right? You, you can sit at the bar, you can eat at a restaurant. It's great. But team needs you because they down by 10 in the second half, going into the second half. Like, that's why I say, man, it's just a bunch of casual fans. You know, this is a bunch of casual fans. I mean, they are casual as casual can be because, like, to, to their defense, not many people that live in the city of Atlanta are from Atlanta because we all know if you uh from the hood, um, we all know that uh Atlanta is like Disney World, right? You go there and all your dreams come true, right? You become an actor, hanging out with Tyler Perry at Tyler Perry Studios. Uh, you can, you know what I'm saying? get on to some type of reality show or something. I don't know, but not my cup of tea, especially when it comes to life. They, they just, they just wave riders. Okay. If the Falcons start winning, now don't get me wrong. They got some Falcon fans out here that go hard for the team, but I'm just saying, I'm seeing some very frost and flaky type behavior coming from Falcon fans. Around week 10 or week 11, they close to having double-digit wins, and all of a sudden they just pop up out the trees and they start going at me. I don't really see that. I don't see it. I don't see it. Man. I, I used to see it. Like, when they was making the playoffs, man, people, like, them Falcon fans were all on me, man. Man, you don't know what you're talking about. Man, y'all just cut the L, this, that, and the third. Roddy White was out there talking noise. I'm like, all of a sudden, like, they've been in a basement chilling. I don't see it. I mean, my, my, my Twitter's still the same. That same Twitter since 2018. Since I started to stay to the Saints. I mean, where y'all at? I'm just saying, man, like, they, they casual, man. These, these people these people ain't trying to chill. Man, these girls ain't trying to, these girls ain't trying to mess up this $200 weave they just put in their head. Man, this dude just wants you to see that fresh line he got. This man wants you to see them Gucci shoes. Man, ain't trying to chill. Man, I'm about to sweat all over my, you know what I'm saying? I'm about to sweat all over my $1,000 Louis belt. Like, get out of here, man. Ain't got no time for that. Too casual. Too casual. All right? Say, fans, you think we care about that? No. Do you think we care? Man, bro, I'm about to sweat out my Elva Camara jersey. Heck no. We don't care about that. Okay, we about to chill. We about to lose our voice. We about to sound so raspy going into work on Monday because we lost our boy cheering for our team. But you go to a Falcon game, jerseys be so red, blind your eyes, like a new stop sign, or they just put them new LED lights inside of a, a traffic signal. That's how red them jerseys be. You know why? Because they new. They brand new. Okay. You probably got a brand new St. Jersey, but I'm pretty sure you got some old ones too that you're going to wear to the game. I mean, your jersey hasn't went through at least one rent cycle. I ain't got no respect for that. Seriously. Hey, around week five, your jersey about is just as new as anything else because the Falcons are on a full game winning streak. Man, miss me with that. Knock it off. You got you to gotta be hardcore. You got to be hardcore to come at me. You better be a real fan, because I'm going to call you out. Just tell them people, uh, tell them to put <laughs> totally seat back up when they finish. <laughs> uh, I had to drop down 
3D for about nine seconds. Man, I'm just being 100, man. Where they at? Man, I just came here from the strip club and chicken wing. <laughs> Trying to put up a billboard. Uh, Atlanta Rams blew a 25-point lead. Exactly. Uh, Super Bowl 53 was the lowest rated on TV. Mm. Let's see. We got the best fan base in the world, second to none. Exactly. Didn't watch the Falcon Super Bowl because I hated both teams so much. I watched it. And and I was excited when it happened to him, too. That was embarrassing. I'm talking about, like, you got the most casual people. Like, everybody watched the Super Bowl, okay? You you got people you got people in other countries watching these boys blow this lead, right? You know what I'm saying? They're all in London. Hey, yeah, governor. They care about 25-point lead, there. Yeah? You know what I'm saying? You got the, out there in Ireland. <laughs> they gave up for 25 point lead, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, out there in Canada. They gave up the 25 lead, eh? You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they, they did it. Who's that a boot? <laughs> All up in Spanish. <laughs> Be like, amigo, 25 point lead. Everybody saw it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like everybody saw it. Everybody saw it happen, all right? They all out. They all out in Zimbabwe with it, man. What happened there? They got a twenty-five point lead there, man. <laughs> I can't really do it. I'm pretty sure I can do an Af- uh, uh, African accent if I tried. But just look at my point. <laughs> my father would have never, never seen me give a twenty-five point lead in the Super Bowl, man. Never. I would never give up Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl lead, never. <laughs> I will never be Falcon. I will never be Falcon fan. Never. Never. <laughs> One time I rooted for Brady with the Super Bowl and I was on the floor laughing when they blew that lead. <laughs> yeah, man, but all different languages was out there discussing this L, man. 183 people watching this show right now. Please hit the like button if you have not already. Let's see, I laughed like, <laughs> like a banshee when I found out the Falcon lows. I think we all did. Uh, as a European fan, <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> they got about 25-point lead. I mean, come on, man. Let's see. You spin real facts, TJ, because when I went to the practice this past weekend, I literally told my boy uh, half these jerseys faded. <laughs> Exactly, man. Shoot. These some real Saints fans out here. These some real Saints fans. Like I said, man, them, them boys, them boys ain't real, man. What that boy uh, Fat Joe said back in the day, he's all right, but he's not real, okay? They, they cool people. Don't get me wrong. Shouts out to the people in Atlanta, but they ain't real, okay? I, I'm, I'm smelling rats right now, man. I'm, uh, I ain't feeling it, man. Don't hate anything, Miss Barbara, for you are everything and everything is you. <laughs> you are everything and everything is you. Right. Uh, I remember when I was falling asleep and depressed. The Falcons <laughs> were up <laughs> at halftime. Uh, then I woke up as, and saw that the Pats came back, and that was the only time I was a Pat fan. I feel like I need to read that, like uh, how they used to do the cadence at church when the preacher about to come to the close. I remember, bam, when I was falling asleep, bam, and depressed, 
Meow. And the Falcons were up at halftime. Meow, meow, meow. Then I woke up. I said I woke up and saw that the Pats came back. And that was the only time I was a Pats fan. Oh, yeah. It felt like it felt like you know, like one of them, like so. <laughs> it felt like one of them servers, like when I was reading that. <laughs> oh man, granddad, I'm only kidding. All right, I'm only kidding. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna have some explaining to do when I come down there next week. Uh, the power of the 25 point lead. Will now be stripped uh, in my Black Panther accent. <laughs> 25 point lead forever. <laughs> 25 point lead forever. Let's see, Fade. Let's see. This is when we need Big Q and I see. Let's see. The only time the Pets beat the Falcons, huh? <laughs> like, like David, son Goliath, huh? <laughs> oh man man everybody go ahead and wrap it up man i'm gonna read a few more then we're gonna get up out of here if y'all got anything that y'all want to mention just before we get out of here please hurry up and put it in the comments uh teacher says queen <laughs> and that boy said amen praise the lord and i want y'all to tie that knot i'm gonna pray for you and I want you to hold on to God's unchanging hand like he helped Joshua in a battle of Jericho. <laughs> he helped Gilligan get off the island. Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Shouts out to coming to America, man. That is a classic, man. Rem Brown. Rem Brown, that, that is a classic moment right there. Let's see, TJ, make sure you pass the collection plate around three more times. Let's see, Steve said, TJ, keep on praying. <laughs> hey, man, it's all jokes, man. Y'all know what it is, man. It's all jokes, man. It's all jokes. We have fun here on the State of Saints podcast. It's all entertainment, man. I love the Lord. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I love the Lord. And they're loving a lot is wrong. I don't want to be right. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. Facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints podcast. And y'all know previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Follow yours truly on Twitter at TJJones8. And yes, 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 we will. Well, I guess I have to have a show. I didn't even think about this because there's a game tonight, all right? So I will be on for a very few minutes, and I do mean a few minutes, all right? Because I'm pretty sure the game probably going to be over like around 11 my time. I'm on Eastern time zone. So we are going to have a post-game show. I didn't even think about that. So when Real Perez said it, you know, I, I just I, I wasn't even thinking about it. But we will have a post-game show tonight, okay? We will have a post-game show I'm pretty sure Paxton will be asleep around that time and I'll be able to kind of squeeze on in here, give you all a little quick show because hopefully we won't have anything too serious to talk about. Uh, just kind of, you know, they had a game and now it's over and now we look forward to week one. But thank you all so much. Appreciate your time. 
Special shout out to Ross Jackson for being here on the State of Saints podcast. Make sure that you check out Locked on Saints. That's available on YouTube and all streaming platforms. And make sure that you follow Ross Jackson on Twitter as well. Marvin, thank you very much for the $2. Says just sending some love, dog. Appreciate that. Marvin, thank you, man, for that. And thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Like always, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>